Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good. Coming to you from beautiful, and I'm not even making that up, beautiful Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Just in Tuscaloosa today. You don't ever have to make that up. Yeah. Well, what I mean is it's beautiful that, uh, man, what a, what a weather day. It's just it has to be the best weather day of uh, 2020 so far here or uh, or anywhere else in Alabama. It's probably it's not a cloud in the sky and ooh, 66. It's nice. Yeah, it's Chamber of Commerce Day, as, as they say. Um, but, you know, we could have used a couple of members from the Chamber of Commerce to play for Alabama basketball yesterday because we only had seven freaking scholarship players available for the contest, the American basketball contest against the Arkansas Razorback. And, um, Jimmy, I got a gazillion things to say about this game. We're going to keep this podcast very short. But uh, I saw you at the game for a brief moment with our good buddy Tony Wilburn. And, um, uh, you know, all I can say is I'm going to let you rant, and then I'm going to rant. I don't know another way to put this. Well, I mean, I, I have several things to be upset about, mostly, mostly, you know, officials and, you know, the silly, you know, hey, if this happened, if this happened, if this happened. But we lost that game when Herb Jones landed on his wrist awkwardly in Baton Rouge. Uh, there's only so many hits your roster can take. We were, we were down to the last hit. Look, all these teams, all, I, I don't know who's going to uh, make it to the Sweet 16. I don't know who's going to win the SEC tournament. I don't know who's going to accomplish something this season that is really cool. But I know this, whoever accomplish it, whoever accomplishes those cool things will not have lost three of their 13 players to season-ending injuries. They will not have had a fourth player denied eligibility despite no logical reason why. They won't have a fifth player who's a senior grad transfer who has been either sick or hurt in basically every game all season, and that is a continuing thing. Uh, it is lit- – I mean, it's the last thing a roster needs to hear, but thank God they got better things to do than listen to our podcast. But it, it has now become impossible for Alabama to field a basketball team capable of beating quality opponents. It's just impossible. And uh, I, I applaud the effort. Uh, and I know we're going to continue to try. I even think that there's actually a couple of fun wins ahead for us because of they bust their ass and were coached well. But uh, the Herb Jones injury was basically it was like he was the it was like he was the plug in the hole that was keeping the boat from sinking. And now the plug's been been ripped out and replaced by a funnel. I mean, that's just, but, you know, hey, at least Nate Oates now is getting indoctrinated into Alabama basketball. Hey, Nate, this is how it, this is how it rolls around here. There's only one type of luck when it comes to Alabama basketball, and that's not bad luck, horrific luck. And uh, at least Shitty now he's luck. been thoroughly, thoroughly indoctrinated. So uh, welcome to Tuscaloosa, Nate. Uh, coach your ass off. We're probably going to lose some games. It's not your fault. Yeah, and you had a great point on a on a text chain that we're on where you said, you know, in the end, uh, we can talk about all these injuries. Uh, we can talk about uh, Beetle Bolden having some gastrointestinal. I mean, what a, what the hell? I mean, I've never. I mean, I get gas too, and I'm not saying his shit isn't legitimate. I'm sure it is. I'm just saying, what are the odds that bad gas keeps a guy out of our lineup this year? 
for four or five games, and I'm not saying pretty I'm good. Not trying to make light of it. I'm making those light of the good. situation. You know, um, <laughs> those, but, those odds are pretty you know, good when it comes to us. You know, fans are kind of like you remember in um, I think it was Goodfellas when uh, they were talking about how they had a pretty good system. The mob did where they would go in, they'd run up a tab, and then they'd say, "Okay, you know, you." The, the owner would come say, hey, you owe me this money. And he'd be like, no, we're just not paying it. So when the owner ran out of options, he would go back to the mob and say, would you buy, would you at least come in to the business with me? And they'd say, yeah. And then they'd run up a tab even more and quit paying vendors. And it was the, the owner, the original owner that would get screwed. And because the mob had a, had a saying of, oh, your mom died, screw you, pay me. Oh, your your child needs medical attention? Screw you. Pay me. That's how fans are. They're like, oh, Herb Jones has wrist surgery? Screw you. Win. Oh, Beetle Bolden has a gastrointestinal uh, parasite or whatever the hell it is? Screw you. Win. And so that that is that is the shitty part. Now, the other side of this, if you want to go mac, uh, micro versus macro here, um, we went out to a 12-0 lead. And then we had a big, uh, not a big lead, but at least, what, a six-point lead kind of late in the game, and we couldn't hold on to it. Now, yep. I understand the depth played a part, but in the micro version of this, we yep. still should have won that game, and we didn't. And I'm very disappointed in that fact because I had just written an article and just bragged in this podcast about how, hey, we finally figured out how to win. But yeah. you, we can make excuses one way or the other, and I'm 100% convinced, Jimmy, that the, that the first time anybody used this phrase sarcastically, they meant it about Alabama basketball, which is, are we having fun yet? They had to be talking about <laughs> Alabama basketball. <laughs> right? Well, well, we're not going to be – I mean, like I said, we just laid out all the reasons why we, we, we didn't win and we're not going to win a lot going forward. But this is also true, too. We can do better than that. I know we can do better than that. And you can't just put it all on one or two guys. Not really. That's not too fair. But we're not going to beat anyone good if all we're getting is 20 points from Kyra and Petty combined. That's, that's not going to cut it. Kyra and Petty have got to put the team on their shoulders and fill up the stat sheet and play well. Uh, I didn't think Kyra or Petty played well at all when we absolutely needed them to the most. And one of the reasons I'm singling them out is we know when the season's over, those two are going to face a decision about leaving or staying. And and I'm already like, (laughs) I'm already like creating the groundwork for being upset about they, they need to improve. They need to improve greatly. Nate Oates is, is the place, the program to do it. Uh, Both of those kids need to do better because last night was just not good enough. No, that's in fact, you said we lost that game when Herb Jones hurt landed awkwardly. I think we lost that game when it was pretty evident early on. Petty and Kyra just weren't into it. They were not into that game from the tip. And and they were Petty in particular hurt us a lot more than he helped us early in that game. His his passes were so lazy. I mean, at least in the first ten to twelve minutes. They were just lazy. He just wasn't into it. And the thing about Petty, somebody else brought this up, and I don't. Maybe I saw it on a post, or, but I think it's a good way to put it. John Petty, right now, 
feels like a front-runner kind of guy. That, like, when things are going well, oh, you want him shooting that shot. But when things aren't going well, he kind of mentally checks out. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus. I'm just saying he's got to get over that to be the kind of player, number one, Alabama needs him to be, and number two, the kind of player he wants to be to make it in the NBA. You can't go in the NBA and make the kind of passes he was making. I mean, I, you can't go in the WNBA and do that. You also, yeah, you can't have a bad night. I mean, you, you can't take a night off. You can't take a practice off. I mean, it's got to be awesome all the time. And uh, they're just not there yet. And it's fine. They, they, they may get there one day. And I hope they give themselves a chance to get there one day before they pull the trigger. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we're in it. We're, we, we led. We were behind. We led. We are behind. Arkansas is a very good team. I mean, they're good. They're not awesome, but they're good. And uh, whew, that was a, a brutal loss. And it, it's going to be very tough to play out of this hole as shorthanded as we are. Uh, that said, uh, personally, uh, I am thrilled with uh, with Nate. Uh, I like the style of play. I like how several of our players have improved from last year to this year. And uh, and I'm going to be uh, some level of excited going into next season unless the best players inexplicably uh, leave, uh, which will once again put us in our annual roster hole that is created usually by just uh, horrible luck. Yeah, but now I will make this argument. Right now, our best player is Shackelford. And it, frankly, I'm not sure it's close. He is playing – he had a, a, a moment in there when we, uh, we were down and he, he helped lead us back. We had two – he missed a three-pointer, got his own rebound, um, dribbled back out, got it to Petty or Kyra. They took a three-pointer, missed it. He got the rebound again, dribbled back out, and ended up taking the three-pointer and make it. He, yeah, he was I phenomenal. I was so yeah. proud of best him. Game of his, and best, best, one of the best games of his career so far. Well, and here's the thing. Where Shackelford is awesome, Galen Smith is not awesome. And, I again, you hate to throw any kid under the bus, and that's not what I'm doing. But frankly, at this point, you, you got to wonder if Galen Smith is is an SEC level player in to some extent, don't you? Well, we've only got about seven players, so he's going to have to play. We have no choice but to put him out there right now and put him out there for significant minutes because there just is no other choice. Uh, and he has he has had some moments against good competition. But uh, hands, just he doesn't have great hands, and it's very frustrating when he gets the ball around the basket and doesn't score because he either puts the ball on the floor or allows the ball to be taken from him while he's standing there in the lane. Uh, that is frustrating, but, hey, we literally played last night with, like, seven guys. So oh, he's going to I, he's I, gonna have to play. I mean, he's going to have to no, play. No, and I'm, I'm with you on that. He has to play. There's no doubt. I guess the point is, if we don't recruit past that, we right. are not going to improve as a team. And, which will lead me to my rant. Be... Which will lead me to my rant, which is this. And I haven't been on the boards today, and I might be on for a few days because I'm on this trip up here to Tuscaloosa. But if you ask me about the cycle of Alabama basketball going back now, I suppose 15 years or more, 
the cycle is this. Uh, for whatever reason, there's losing. There's too much losing, probably due to roster issues like we're having right now. I mean, it's the roster more so than coaches or, you know, more so than bad coaching. It's the roster. And we lose. And then the fans can't stand it. Uh, they're football fans, you know, so every loss is a complete disaster. Instead of basketball fans, we're losing eight, ten games a year so can still get you in the NCAA tournament uh, in, in many cases. But every basketball loss is treated like, you know, a bus full of kids went off the cliff. So what happens is then there's rants and, and, and message board stuff and then talk radio stuff and social media stuff, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And then this wave of negativity starts, and now it becomes next to impossible to do the one thing you have to do to improve the program, which is recruit good players. And you can't recruit good players when the fans are bitching endlessly. And, and that's literally why I think we've had this cycle that's gone on forever, is that instead of going, well, this is why it didn't work out, and let's let's try again next year and, and, and support the coach. Instead, it's, well, I know we're shorthanded, but, and then it's, you know, then the coach is incompetent. And, you know, Nate Oates is a fantastic basketball coach, and I don't know what, I don't know how long he'll be at Alabama. I don't know what he's going to do after Alabama. I just know this. He was really good before he got here. He's really good now, and he's going to be really good at the next place. But I suppose when all this losing starts, because it's just impossible to win quality SEC games with seven guys, uh, you know, we'll soon be reading that uh, he, he's just not the guy. Can't, can't get it done here. Next. Wrong hire. We'll, we'll be reading. It's, it's coming. No, I agree with you. And, and I think it sucks because, frankly, Nate Oates is better than our program right now. And, again, it's not Galen Smith's fault that Avery Johnson wanted him on the roster and gave him a scholarship. And it's, you know, he is what he is. He can't, I mean, he just is that that's him. Um, but to be a better program, we're going to have to recruit more talented guys. And here's the other issue. Now it worked out with Bruce Pearl, but Auburn fans have been so used to having such a bad program for so long that they were totally fine giving Bruce Pearl the four years he needed to get the program in the direction yep. it needed to go. I mean, his first two years, I think he had losing records, or at least a losing record in the first one. Um, That's right. And, and you know, what he was doing was a lot of tra- Kareem Canty kind of guys, uh, that other guy that turned out to be sort of a sort of a jerk or something. Kareem Canty sort of had a, a problem, too. But so we might have to take some chances on some, um, some graduate transfers or just transfers in general. And um, – you know, to, to right the ship as fast as we can. But unfortunately for us, I mean, we didn't have the good fortune of, of Javon Quinterly, you know, becoming eligible this time. But um, anyway, just, you know, it was frustrating to drive down to Tuscaloosa, get that lead, lose that game. Not even know – I didn't know about Herb Jones until I got in the, the gym yep. because I had my daughter with me and my wife, and, and we weren't talking – you know, I wonder if Herb's going to play. I mean, it was like, <laughs> hey, did you remember to bring some whites? I mean, it wasn't. But, um, and here's the other thing, just apropos of nothing. Is Eric Musselman, is that the greatest misnomer for any coach ever? He looks like Tom Cruise could put him in his pocket. <laughs> I think part of it is, part of it's I've how he, seen. 
part of it is how he dresses. I think part of it's how he dresses at the games, which is not uh, typical of uh, not typical of how most of the coaches dress most weeks. But uh, he's a good coach. He is a good coach. Uh, if we, well, no, no, you know, when my, we, my we, point we, is, yeah, he is, he is, but, he is not large for for basketball in particular, which is a sport filled with mostly tall people. Does his buyout include finding the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? Because he looks a little bit smaller than a leprechaun. <laughs> you know, when we were coach searching and, you know, and a lot of people talked about the big names, of course, you know, the big sexy names everyone knew. My two favorite mid-major names, my two favorite mid-major names were Nate Oates and Eric Musselman. So it's really oh, sure. funny to me that they both ended up in the same league in the same division and you can sort of track their success at similar schools but let me tell you uh arkansas hasn't won big since since the nolan richardson days but uh gosh there's no way they are burdened with whatever freaking gypsy curse hangs over alabama basketball where you know it's all summed up by one year i thought we're gonna be pretty good i thought man this is a team that might make it to the sweet 16 we're pretty good i mean not certain but we had been getting better and better and better. And the next year we were poised to be better, maybe make a run at the Sweet 16. And one of our best players' mothers kidnaps a baby using our player's car. And that led to the player having to leave the University of Alabama. And then our other best player transferred because he, he wanted to play point guard, even though we had a point guard. So he transferred to a place where he also did not play point guard and, uh, and didn't end up in the NBA but would have been a significant player here. And uh, that's just sort of encapsulates to me where our program has been for a decade, just inexplicable bad luck. Maybe, it, maybe it's why we're so good in football. Maybe, it was just, maybe this was the deal that was made. This was the deal that was made. Well, no, here's, be the the best. here's the irony, Jimmy, that we have all these health issues and our medical team wouldn't clear Jared Butler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, did, did all we do run heart tests and nobody could run a, uh, you know, a thermometer uh, in the beetle bone's gut and say, oh, my God, this guy has um, Chinese syphilis or whatever we talked about the last week. He's got meat syphilis. Um, you know, I mean, it's crazy that Jared Butler was not cleared and everybody on our roster is hurt. It, it is it is the definition yeah. of irony. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. He seems healthier uh, than any Alabama player in the last two decades. <laughs> as the point guard, he's the healthiest guy at Alabama in two decades, basketball or football. The point guard of the number one team in the nation, and we look at this guy and say he's too sickly to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Tiny sickly. Tim. Good luck finding a, somebody that will take you. I mean, he would be <laughs> Alabama's Jack Lalane. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I know you got to get out of here, bud. So uh, let's—we're not going to even do a Super Bowl prediction because it'll sound stupid when people listen to it tomorrow. So let's just—I'm just going to say go well, Chiefs, I guess. I thought so. the Chiefs would win. I think the Chiefs will win, and uh, and I'm rooting for Reggie Ragland out there. All right, buddy, roll tide. Roll tide.